I want you to open your Bible and let's go to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22. How many really love God today? You just say, yes, I really love God. I love the Lord. Well, I've got a question for you. Do you really? I hope that all of us can say yes. But see, the answer can't really come from our lips. No. The answer will be from your life. We're in a series right now. I've entitled it, Written in Red. These are the words of Jesus. And the words that Jesus spoke are possibly some of the most valuable and most important words that we will ever read in the Word of God. And so what Jesus says, I believe we should stop and listen. There used to be a commercial way back when I was a kid, E.F. Hutton. How many remember that commercial? People be eating, people be talking, and then E.F. Hutton would say something, and boy, the forks would drop, and everything would, the record would scratch to a halt. And when E.F. Hutton speaks, everybody listens. Well, how about when Jesus speaks? Come on, somebody. We ought to listen. We ought to heed. We ought to give word to whatever Jesus says. Jesus is going to say something today. I want you to hear it. Matthew chapter 22, let me start with verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and devised a plan. One of them, a lawyer, asked Jesus a question trying to test him. And he said, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law or which is the greatest commandment in the law? This is what he's asking Jesus. Jesus says to him in verse 37, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind or strength. This is the first and the greatest commandment ever given. Can you imagine that? Then he says, hang on a minute. There's another verse to the song. And the second is like this. You shall love your neighbor like you love yourself. Now hold on a minute, Jesus. Now you're talking crazy. I'm with you when you say, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. But now you've crossed a line talking like loving your neighbor like you love yourself. Hang on, everybody. You might want to buckle your seatbelt today. Click it in today. Click it or ticket today. You shall love your neighbor like you love yourself. Verse number 40, on these two commandments hang all the law, all the commandments, and everything the prophets ever tried to tell us, it's all wrapped up in this greatest commandment ever given Love God, love others. Father, we need a word so desperately today. 
Too many times we're just walking through life, going through the motions, acting out in a way that's not proper, doing what we think instead of doing what you think, but your word can change all of that. And I ask today, God, that it would be done. Let your word change our conduct. Let your word change our actions, change our speech, God. Move on us today by the power of your word. How many want to be transformed by the power of God's word today? Say amen. amen. So here's the Pharisees doing what the Pharisees do. You see, the Pharisees were a group of religious people. If somebody asks you, what religion are you part of? What would you say? Not, not really a trick question. What would you say, Victor? You're Christian, of course. We're Christians, aren't we? But something inside of me wants to, wants to elaborate, uh, elaborate just slightly because it's so much more than a religion. There's plenty of people that have joined a religion. I, I, I am a Christian, and if you have to, if you must stick me in some category, I guess that's where I would have to live. But it's so much more than a religion, isn't it, Jerry? It's a relationship with a loving God who, who walks with me and talks with me and tells me I am his own. It's a relationship, folks. Here is a Pharisee, clearly part of a religion trying to outsmart Jesus. Let me just tell you something. I don't recommend this. You will never outsmart Jesus. I had somebody try to back me into a corner one day, and I'm telling you, I felt like I was in a boxing ring, and we went around or two. We were in Columbia together, uh, uh, Dorothea. We were in Columbia, and this, this young man tried to, tried to say, well, what about this, and what about that, and if there's a God, what about suffering? And, and I went around or two with him. I'm telling you, I felt God helping me that day. This guy was trying to outsmart God by trying to outsmart me. Now, you can outsmart me any time of the day, but when God is in me and the Spirit of God starts speaking through me, you better watch out. You can't outsmart Jesus. You can't test him. You can't trick him. Here's a Pharisee thinking he's all that. He's full of himself, and he's trying to back Jesus into a corner, trying to outsmart Jesus. They thought they were wiser than Jesus, and they didn't like that Jesus had already silenced another group of people called the Sadducees. Look at the, verse number 34. Stay with me today. Not all of this will be up on the screen, but I want you to stay with me. The Pharisees heard in verse 34 that he had silenced the Sadducees. And that was all about the resurrection. They thought they would, they thought they would get Jesus on this topic of, of the resurrection. But he had, he had, what he said was so perfect, they, their mouths were shut. They couldn't say another word. You read that later on this afternoon. That's also in chapter 22. You can start there at, uh, I don't know, 23 to 33. You read that later and see how Jesus silenced the Sadducees. So now here's the other group, the Pharisees, trying to, let's get Jesus. You're a lawyer. Why don't you be the spokesperson? You're smart. You've learned a thing or two. You go and talk to Jesus. They took great pride in their knowledge, their knowledge of and their adherence to the law. How many know what I'm talking about when I say the law today? We're talking about the Old Testament law. We're talking about the Ten Commandments in particular. 
But really, the law was so much broader and so much greater. They knew every detail of the law, and they were like the, the spiritual police. They would police people, and they would find them with their own words, and they would condemn people. That's not what the law was all about, even in the Old Testament. The law was for liberty. The law was for freedom. And today, folks, you know there's a law that we have to live by? You actually have to stay off of your phone while you're on the road. You shouldn't text. You'll get a ticket while you're texting. And some people might say, well, that's not for me. Yes, it is for you. You talk to the mother who had to bury her son because somebody was texting and had a wreck and, and plowed into the side of the car. See, Judah's with me today. Come on, Judah. He loves his pawpaw so much. That's my boy right there. He makes me smile. I'm getting sidetracked. Okay, focus. <laughs> the law is for a reason. Even if you don't like all the law that we're living in, we're still to abide by the law of the land, folks. And I believe God will honor that and bless us. That's bonus. 10.30 or 8.30 service didn't even get all that. They took great pride in their knowledge of the law, their adherence to the law. I wonder, is there anybody that knows the Ten Commandments by heart and in order? I'll give, I've got a $10 gift card here for the first person who will come up and give me the Ten Commandments in order. I don't care who it is. Elliot, that's fine. You know them? Ten Commandments in order, if you can. God should be first in your life. Don't worship idols. Uh, don't, mis don't misuse God's name. Yep. Uh, keep the Sabbath holy. Four Honor four. your father and mother. That it may go long for your life. Yeah. Yeah, uh, let's keep that in mind. Do not commit murder. Uh, okay, I know that. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Eight for eight. And don't lie. And don't covet. Well, I wonder, have you hidden God's word in your heart today? Do you know God's word? Will it just come up when you need it to come up? Because you never know when you're going to need the word of God to come right on up to the surface and come right on out of your mouth. Folks, we are to hide God's Word in our hearts. And that takes, that takes diligence. That takes duty. That takes some memorization. It's time to memorize some things in God's Word. Amen? Amen. Amen. I, I hope somebody challenges you, even on this week. They challenge you, and then you know the Word of God, and the Word will come out of you. I, I appreciate that, Elliot. Congratulations for knowing God's Word today. And you might get a gift card along the way. You really never know, do you? <laughs> Bonus. I love how Jesus handles some things. This, this question from the lawyer, from the learned one who was trying to outfox and outsmart Jesus. Jesus completely sidesteps their question and he gets to the real heart of the matter, which, let's just face it, is a matter of the heart. Jesus tells them, love is the greatest commandment ever given 
John says it like this. John calls it a new commandment. John 13 and 34, a new commandment I give you that you love one another. As I have loved you, you also should love one another. I wonder if this is a new thought for us today. If this is a, 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 a pro, profound idea for us today, that we're to love one another, even as God loved us, a new commandment. Interesting. But it is the greatest commandment of all time, written in red, spoken by Jesus. What is it? Love. Come on, say it with me. Love. It's so simple. Love God. Love people. If truly it is so simple, why do we miss the mark so many times? Let the Word of God really do what it's sent to do today. Don't think this is for someone else. This is for you. This is for me. Why do we miss the mark so many times? So often, not really adhering to what Jesus called. Jesus called it. The greatest commandment. Not suggestion. Not if it feels good. Not if it's, it's the right timing. It's a commandment, folks. Love God and love people. And we miss it. We miss it far, far too often. Do you love God? How many would say, yes, I love God? Okay. Do you love people? <laughs> we'll get there. Don't get ahead of me. Y'all, some of y'all are getting ahead of me. That's the tricky part. There's no doubt. So I'll ask it again. Do you love God? Do you love people? So prove it. It, it can't be said with the, the lifting of our hands. I've asked you to lift your hands. I've asked for your response. But the true uh, response... The authentic response won't be with a lifted hand or a, a, a nod of the head or us even saying, yes, pastor, I love God. I love people. You will have to prove it by your life. So what is the proof of your love for God? Let's just start there. The proof of our love for God. Perhaps you remember some other words of Jesus. He said, if you love me, John 14 and 15, you might want to turn over to John 14 for a little bit. If you love me, keep my commandments. I would like to suggest to you today that the first proof of your love for God will be obedience to his word. You love God? If you love God, <laughs> then you'll obey His Word. You will keep His commandments. He goes on in 
verse 21. Are you over at John 14 with me? Some of this won't be on the screen, so I want you to follow along. In verse number 21, he who keeps my commandments, uh, excuse me, he who has my commandments, that's us, and keeps them. Well, there's where it may uh, separate the boys from the men, as they say. It's one thing to have the commandments. It's another to keep the commandments. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and I will manifest myself to him. That's powerful. That's awesome right there. He goes on to say in verse 23 and 24, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, here he says it again, he'll keep my word. My father will love him. We will come to him. We will make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear, it's not mine. This is the Father who sent me that is speaking, Jesus is saying to them. If you truly love God, the proof will be in your, your keeping the word, your keeping the commandments, your obedience to God's word. We have found the Savior, haven't we? Most in the room, I would, I would feel safe in saying, has made a decision that you believe God has sent his son Jesus to redeem the world and through him we have forgiveness of our sins. Y'all with me so far? I've made up my mind that I believe that and because I believe it, I want to follow Jesus. I want to serve Jesus and I want to love him. So the proof will be in my listening to the word, keeping the word, and following the word. Because I made that decision to accept Christ, I can't live any way that I want to live. There are rules, folks, to this. There are wonderful rules. Therefore, our good. Therefore, our growth. Therefore, our safety. God's word lays it all out for us. We're not to live like the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. What sets you apart from just being one of many in the world? Hopefully, it will be the way that you live which lines up in accordance to God's Word. We baptized just a few weeks ago in the ocean, and wow, that was a thrill. How many got baptized in the ocean? There's Connie right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jalen right over here. Great. It was a thrill. It really was. Awesome, awesome, awesome day of baptizing some people who have decided, I'm with you. I want to also follow Christ. You know, baptism actually signifies something. When you go down into the water, it's signifying the old man and your old way of living and your old conduct. The old man dies, and when you come up, the new man lives. It's a wonderful, wonderful visual testimony of your decision to follow Christ. Jesus was baptized, and so I believe we should follow in his footsteps. And in fact, if you've not been baptized, the next opportunity that we have, you should sign up and you should absolutely be baptized and let everybody know that you're a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 
It's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. And folks, if we're not careful, we will default to living the way we used to live. We'll, we'll default to acting out the way we used to acting out, speaking the way we used to speak, going the places that we used to go. And it does not testify of our love for God. Because he said, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. You're going to abide by my word. You're going to obey my word. Do you love God? Are you living according to his word? Here's another proof of our love of God. It is this, caring for others. Jesus had a great conversation with Peter. Peter, one of the disciples, one of the close-knit group that Jesus mentored and poured into. Jesus, in John chapter 21, turn a few more pages and let's go over to John chapter 21, everybody. John chapter 21, they're having breakfast by the sea and Jesus strikes up a conversation with Peter and he says to Peter three times, do you love me? How many remember this? He said, do you love me? Isn't it interesting that he asked Peter three times if he loved Jesus? Why is that interesting to me? Anybody remember uh, something else that happened with Peter that involved the number three? It wasn't very long ago that Peter was saying, I don't know the man. And it says even that he swore. I don't know if that's a cuss word or if he just took an oath and says, I swear to you, I don't know. Either way, it was not good. And then he hears a rooster crowing. He remembers, Jesus said, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So here now, they're having breakfast by the sea, and Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, well, yeah. Yes, of course. He asks him again, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. The third time, Peter's like getting his feelings hurt a little bit. God, why are you asking me this? Jesus, why are you asking me this again? You know that I love you. I found it interesting what Jesus says back to Peter. He says, do you love me? Peter says, yes. Jesus says, first time, verse 15, feed my lambs. He asked him again, do you love me? Peter says, yes. Jesus says in verse 16 now, tend to my sheep. One more time. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. I love you more than anything. You know that I love you. What's he say to him in verse 17? Feed my sheep. The proof of our love for God calls for action. It can't just be a lifting of your hand, a nodding of your head, a declaring with your mouth, I love God. There's plenty of people saying they love God. What's the proof of your love for God? It will be through our actions. We actively are obeying God's word and trying our best to live in accordance to what we believe it's saying to us today. I don't believe the Bible is an outdated book. 
that was only pertinent to some people who lived way back when. I believe it's as current and modern and contemporary today as it ever has been. I believe it's as fresh today as it ever has been. And I believe it will lead us in how we are to live if we will apply it to our lives. Obedience to God's word is proof of your love for God. And as he spoke to Peter, he speaks to us today. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Care for people. Feed the sheep. Tend to the sheep. Feed the lambs. I think of myself and how, how messed up I was. And I needed somebody to care for me. I needed somebody to tend to me. Somebody was proving their love for God by reaching out to me. And I pray that God helps me now that with my actions I will prove my love for God. Pray that with me. I know you do love God. I know that for the vast majority here that, that I've had a, a, a privilege of, of building some bit of rapport and relationship with, I know that you are striving to love God. But are your actions speaking for you? How about the proof, proof of our love for others? Number two, I want to talk just a few moments about the evidence. I wonder if we were drug into court today, Pastor, Mo uh, Pastor Dave, Pastor Moses too. I'll talk to both of you. And charges were brought up against us. We were being charged for loving people. I wonder, would there be any evidence? Or would the judge just have to throw it out? I don't see any proof that they even did love other people. This is, this is tricky right here. Oh, yeah, I love God. But loving people, loving my neighbor like I love myself? Now, is that a neighbor like uh, the Studebakers are our neighbor, Joe and... Ken Studebaker. They're dear, dear people. They leave, lead one of the greatest life groups that we have going. It's really awesome, and, and they, they love people. She is my neighbor. She's back behind my fence. And I wish that I had neighbors like this on all sides. You know, these are neighbors that you dream about, that you really pray for and, and love when they, when they are there. But is this what really God is talking about, that kind of neighbor? I don't know. Love others. You, you know, we, we love some others, don't we? We love certain others. We love our mothers and our brothers. <laughs> but loving our neighbors, we love those who love us. We love those who give to us. We love those who are the most popular. We love those who are the best looking. We love others when it best serves us. We love others when it benefits us most. So who are we to love? Are we to love everybody? Luke records the greatest commandment, and it's tucked into a parable. I want you now to open your Bible to Luke chapter 10. Let's go quickly over to Luke chapter 10.
This is tucked into the parable of the Good Samaritan. I understand that Pastor Moses taught on this this past Wednesday. Now, I was preaching for the youth, and I do not know anything of what Pastor Moses taught. And I purposefully did not go to him and say, are you touching on this? Are you touching on that? Are you hitting this? Because I wanted to know that God spoke to me. And so if something is reiterated, you better know God is really trying to drive something home today. But hear the word from the Lord today. A certain lawyer, here we go again, right? They get the lawyer speaking for them. I, I don't know. A certain lawyer, he asked Jesus in verse number 25, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answers the question with a question. He says, you tell me, what does the law say? Verse number 27, look at this. So he answered to Jesus uh, and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor like you love yourself. Jesus says, you've answered rightly. That's correct. Just do this and you will live. So the lawyer asks, well, who is my neighbor? In other words, Mike, he's asking, who do I really have to love? Whom must I love? Wow. So what does Jesus do? Jesus does what he's so good at. He tells a story. He tells a parable of the Good Samaritan. Read along with me. We'll start at verse 30. Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down the road, a pastor, one of the religious leaders. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. He crossed the road. In other words, he crossed the road to avoid the guy. Likewise, verse 32, a Levite, when he arrived at the place... He came and he looked and then he crossed to the other side. Crazy. Wouldn't even stop to help. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, he came where he was and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal. He brought him to an inn and he took care of him. The next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii. He took out some of his own money out of his wallet. And he gave it to the innkeeper. And he said, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I come back, I will repay you. Powerful, powerful story of compassion and care. Jesus asked in verse 36... So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the one who fell among the thieves? Good question. The question is followed with the million-dollar answer. The lawyer responds, look at this, the one who showed mercy. There it is. 
There it is, folks. The one who showed mercy. That's on verse 37. You see that? Let that sink in. Jesus says, well, go and do likewise. So who's your neighbor? Who's your neighbor? Mine is Joe Studebaker. But it's beyond that. Let me answer it for you. The, your neighbor is the one who needs mercy. <laughs> the one who needs mercy. I think this is where we get it wrong. It says that he was moved with compassion, first of all. There's the first step in, in really proving your, your love for God and your love for others. You've got to have compassion for the lost. Compassion for the hurting. There's so many around us that need mercy right now. Mercy, remember, is not getting what you deserve. We, you, you deserve death. You deserve punishment. So do I. I was wrong. You were wrong. But mercy steps in and says, I'll cover, the, I'll cover it. There are people all around you that, that clearly are living in the wrong. They probably would be the first to say it. But it's not, is, is it our place to point the finger and, and thump the Bible and get up on our soapbox and say, or do we just say, wow, I, I see that you're hurting. Could I, 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 I don't have much, but I've got a bandage here. Could I, 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 I usually keep bandages in my wallet. That's why I'm pulling out my wallet. My kids are not so young anymore, so I don't have bandages in my wallet anymore. And I don't have very many dollars in my wallet anymore either. You came for the dollars. Yeah. Thank you. But to just notice, you see, we come up on people and we say, I think I'll assess this, and now I'm going to go ahead across the street. I'm in a hurry after all. I got, I got a lunch appointment. That's going to take some time right there. Who's your neighbor? It's the one who needs mercy. How many need mercy today? <laughs> you need a little mercy? I need it. If you need mercy, you better be ready to extend mercy. Loving others like you love yourself and don't you love you? Don't I love me? I worship me, almighty me. There is none like me. We ought to change some of our choruses, Pastor Moses. Loving your neighbor takes action. And that action is going to cost. There's an investment that is required. Took the man some time, didn't it? He was clearly on his way somewhere. We don't really know where. It's a story. It's a parable. You all can see me upstairs, can't you? Hello. I'm sorry I don't look up as often as I should. I know you're there, and I love that you're there. Hi. The investment was of time. He had to take his time to stop everything and bandage his wounds. 
tend to him immediately on the spot. But then he could have just said, well, I, okay, I, I did that much, and now I'm going to kind of tiptoe away, hope somebody else takes it from there. I think we do that sometimes. He, he took it to the nth degree, Pastor Moses. I'm just telling you, this dude was awesome. It was an investment of his time. It was an investment of his money. Loving your neighbor might cost you some money. In fact, I bet it does. I think it should. To love other people should cost us. I mean financially it should cost us. We love Wendy's. How many like Wendy's? A couple of you? We like Wendy's. So every now and then we'll just get a hankering to go to Wendy's. Hankering, you like that? There's the old Terre Haute coming right out of me. Elliot and I made a run. This has been a little while ago. And I'm in line ordering for my family. And I, I got everything ordered. Come play for me, Pastor Moses. Next thing I know, Elliot's ordering. I said, Elliot, I already ordered. I got yours. He's, you know, he's got, his, he's got a job. He's working at Knott's Berry Farm, so he's got his own money. And so he, you know, he's, every now and then he'll just say, I'm going to buy for the whole family. It's really, it's really great. But this time I said, no, 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 I already got it. And he said, no, this isn't for you. This isn't for me. And the next thing I know, they bring him the food, and he goes outside and sees somebody I didn't even see. Somebody homeless. Needed a little mercy. Needed somebody to have a little twinge of compassion. It doesn't take much. A little twinge of compassion. And you let the Lord breathe on that, and you'll be amazed at how the love of God will be shown because you're loving others and, and your actions are proving it. Amen. Investment of time, an investment of money, but most importantly, folks, hear this. It requires an investment of mercy. Let's just extend mercy. There's some people living out a life that is no good and we know it, but what do we do? Do we judge them? I believe, Jerry, that we're to judge within, within the house, within the church. And part of my responsibility as a pastor is to judge you and to make sure that you're in line. But we, the world, we're not judging the world. We're loving the world. We're to have compassion on the world. And we're to extend mercy unto the world. Francois Van Neckerk pastors a great church in South Africa. And Pastor Jim and I were privileged to hear him speak two weeks ago. And he said these words, and I wrote them down. Surprise the world. Give them what they don't deserve. God's love expressed through mercy. So here it is. Let me tie it all together for you. Jesus' commandment to us. Love. Love God and love people. 
written in word, written in red, the greatest commandment, not suggestion, the greatest commandment. God, give us ears to hear this and let our hearts receive it. And where we fall short, would you help us? I want you to bow your heads. How many would just be honest today and say, Pastor, I struggle in this area. I struggle with the proof of loving God or loving people. But today I need God's help to do better. If that's you, lift your hand and just put it right back down. Every hand should have been lifted. Really, nobody has perfected loving God or loving people. So let me ask again, is there anybody here today that would say, I need God's help to do better in this area? Please respond. Jesus always required a response. If it was going, going dip in the, God, you know, the prophet told name and go and dip in the muddy water. There was always a response required. Don't think you can just sit there and say it in your heart or say it in your mind. I believe that God's requiring a response from us today. My hands both are lifted. I need the help of Almighty God to do better at loving God and loving people. God, I know that you've called me to lead this group, but today I join this group and we together, God, lift our voices and ask for your help. God, let our lives speak that yes, we do love you. We are obedient to your word and we're caring for other people and we're extending mercy to those in need who are all around us every day. God, please help me. Please help us. The greatest commandment ever given all of the other law is wrapped up in this. Everything else that the prophets were trying to tell us, it's summed up right here. Love God, love others. Lord, I pray that we would be filled with compassion. And you would move on our hearts toward people. People with frailty and flaws. People who are living ungodly lives. People who need you and need your love. Fill us with compassion. Fill us with your spirit. Empower us, God, to be the witness that you've called us to be. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be my witness, Jesus said. If you need the power of God, I want you to stand to your feet right now the power of God to be the witness that God has called you to be. 
Lord, fill each and every one of us with your power now. Empower us to love. God's going to empower you this week, church, to love him more and to prove it by your walk and your talk and empower you to love others, not just the good-looking ones. Don't think God doesn't know. Not just the ones who are the most popular, the ones who loved you, the ones who were nice to you. I'm talking about loving the unlovable. God help us. One more question before Pastor Jim comes and dismisses us in prayer. Have you given your heart fully to Christ? Is he your Lord? Is he your Savior? Jesus calls you today. He calls you to himself, to that place of love. If you're ready to surrender your heart and ask Jesus into your heart, into your life, and ask him to forgive you of your sins, I want to pray with you right now. Just lift your hand before we leave. If you're ready to accept Christ as Savior, is there anyone? You've never done this before. I want to see people who've never done this. Not a recommitment, but this is a first-time commitment. Is there anyone? Have you accepted Christ before? We're all rededicating our hearts here. But I want to see if there's even one that says, boy, I, I, I've never done this before. Today could be your day for a great, great turnaround. Amen? Anyone? I believe God's going to use you greatly this week, folks. This is my prayer. That the proof of your love, both love for God and love for others, it's going to be seen. It has to be seen. It must be seen. Amen. Pastor Jim, would you come and dismiss us now? Blessings, everyone. Blessings. Father, we're so grateful that you are, you are a God of mercy. Lord, let us learn to show mercy, to show love. As we are endeavoring to be your light and to be your voice in a lost world, in our workplace, in our schools, Lord, just give us the power through your spirit, Lord, to, to do what you want us to do, what, you've do, what you have designed each and every one of us to do. Let us be obedient to your word. Let us be obedient to your spirit. Lord, give us a great week this week. Give us plenty of opportunities to, to be a light in a dark world, Lord. Give us plenty of opportunities to take advantage of every door and every window that you open that we can minister to others and let other people see who you are through us. We ask all these things in your precious holy name, Jesus. Amen.